Hello everyone. Welcome to our Sunday episode of In Conversation with IPR and Competition Law. I am Ishita Borwa, today's host of this podcast's episode. I hope you have listened to our previous weekend episodes too. Today we have Neha Gamlani ma'am. Neha is a partner at the firm JNG Associates. She is in the litigation, dispute resolution and corporate team. She has been over 6 years of extensive experience in complex legal advisory and litigation across a variety of sectors and practice areas and she regularly appears as counsel before the courts. She joined the bar in 2015 and has represented corporate and multinational clients corporate corporates and individuals before the Supreme Court of India high courts and a number of other judicial tribunals she advises clients on dispute resolution before a variety of forums including domestic and international commercial arbitration both ad hoc and institutional and other alternative dispute resolution mechanisms In particular she has extensive experience before the high courts national company law tribunal and sebi debt recovery tribunals and consumer forums neha ma'am also has considerable expertise in criminal matters including white collar crime and trial relating to alleged serious criminal offenses she regularly advises a range of clients across a variety of sectors including e-commerce education technology publishing real estate in relation to general corporate advisory investment advisory competition law foreign direct investment policy corporate restructuring debt restructuring company law e-commerce space tmt financial technology and services in relation to commercial contracts In particular she has experience in drafting and negotiating a wide range of documentation including share subscription agreements share purchase agreements shareholders agreements business transfer agreements employment agreements debenture subscription agreements and other commercial and technology contracts hello ma'am welcome to our podcast before we hello. begin uh, thank ma'am. you thank you so much uh thank you ma'am thank you ma'am for coming here and giving us your time uh before we begin with our topic of today that is this digital publishing and piracy in relation to intellectual property rights i would like to ask you what led your interest to merge towards intellectual property rights and then your journey towards founding jng associates and your overall experience with your clients and your goal towards ipr I was introduced to the intellectual property rights issues and challenges uh, through some cases I had to deal in my office. So, what concerned me, what uh, made me embark on the journey of understanding the IPR was that the IPR is that area of law which concerns the legal rights which are associated with the creative effort or the commercial reputation and the goodwill of my clients. so i understood that there are different forms of rights or areas of law which are giving rights to rights that together make mark make up the intellectual property the collection of the intellectual property laws that is the patent trademark and copyright these are the commercial and the legal framework that have been built around these rights so it was very overwhelming for us to understand the dynamic business aspects of the same revolving around the intellectual property rights of our clients next i had to see 
see some kind of cases which were related to the Indian Patent Act of 19 and 1970 which made me read through more and more and made me uh, most particularly it was a very particular and a, a unique topic i had to go in the uh, starting of my career itself which was section 31 of the indian patent act 1970 which uh, states that any process for the medicinal surgical or any other treatment of human beings or any process for a similar treatment of animals or plants to render them free of disease or to increase its economic value is not patentable so a client group a business group came to us with respect to this issue which was already dealt by supreme court in a case of 2013 which was novartis ag versus union of india so in that particular case in 2006 there was the patent office it rejected the novartis patent application on several grounds including section 3d of indian patent act when novartis immediately challenged the constitutional validity of section 3d madras high court uh, said dismissed the challenge and it held that the word efficacy had a definite meaning in the pharmaceutical field subsequently supreme court also uh, uh, passed its order and it also rejected the plea of the novartis so from there on there came a concept of the exclusion of the diagnostic therapeutic and the surgical methods from the patentability so our uh, clients was a business group who suggested uh, who to whom we rendered a legal opinion uh, and we had to understand these kind of dynamics which have been dealt already by the courts and the patent offices and what is the situation in india and the global uh, in the global world so the situation was i can uh, confer and infer in brief here that the moral ethical and the medical values have a deep impact and they are the they are the driving force behind the exclusion of these uh, methods from the patentability and the ideology behind such exclusion was that the fundamental right to life of a person is of the paramount importance so they came the concept of again the patients versus the patents so it said that the right of a person to get the adequate and the proper methods of treatment it becomes a fundamental human right of every human being from the outset so the reason was for exclusion of the medical methods from the patentability was to ensure that the patent would not impede and restrict the doctors from fulfilling their duties towards the patients which is again of the paramount importance for the medical profession and the public so and also the domain of patenting of the methods of medical treatment of human beings was not limited only to the patent law it ventures into the medical law also so this issue of the patent and the health law which was again uh, on the different footing from all the other kind of the uh, products for which the patent uh, is registered so we had a whole new total a uh, new kind of a area of law which we had to venture in in 2019 when we gave advice to our clients on this issue so this was uh, my journey till now with respect to the ipr and uh, the different laws we all as lawyers we get into the trademarks and the copyright issues a lot so this was my uh, specific journey with the patent law my overall experience with the clients was uh, really very good and jng associates i'm uh, it's uh, my firm uh, which i started in october 2019 with mr aditya jain he is an advocate on record in supreme court of india and our journey has been very fulfilling since uh, at the outset we had a lot of 
innovative and the exquisite unique uh, clients coming to us for the different seeking uh, legal opinions on even the intellectual property and recently uh, i would also like to tell that there has been also a recent uh, development with respect to the ipr which is with respect to the transfer of the technology issues so what kind of registrations or limitations of existing technology transfer scenario in india we are also going through a lot of uh, these kind of transactions also that uh, uh, like like for example the license or the license contracts or the know how contracts so for these kind of technology transfer what kind of intellectual property has to be protected and what kind of arrangements these companies have to go into the foreign firms who are selling the technology to india or the indian firm who are selling the technology to the outside world so these kind of nuances we are having uh, in our offices so it has made the ipr journey very interesting and very unique also in this respect. Ma'am, that's very just just full journey of yours, and I hope you continue to prosper in your life, ma'am. Uh, moving on to the uh, question and answer series, ma'am, I want to ask you uh, by starting with the most basic question to make it easier for our listeners to understand, ma'am. Can you define the term a uh, piracy? Yes, a uh, piracy which we are talking about today. To name a few again, it's it's also called internet piracy it's called online piracy digital piracy but regardless of what it's called piracy is an act of illegally copying of the protected content or unauthorized duplication of the same which infringes on the owner's copyright okay so from now on we can also understand that piracy is not just to name as piracy piracy is basically the copyright infringement which we are talking about uh, on the today's topic so piracy in that respect includes making illegal copies of the music games softwares electronic books and movies or streaming that content without the permission and we have to also understand that all of this content is the copyrighted content which we are talking about so pirated content is then sold at substantially lower prices in the grey market so in the today's world the ease of access to technology has meant that over the years the piracy has become more rampant streaming sites peer to peer networks cloud services cyber lockers online auction sites these are the most common form of the piracies in this digital era we see today and we see them every day ma'am uh, what are some of the most common ways in which piracy plagues the dig- digital publishing industry today piracy in the digital literary publishing industry uh, means wholesale reprinting of the trade or the textbooks it means the unauthorized translation it can be in the form of the commercial photocopying of the books and journals also so in india piracy is lit- in lit- literary works is synonymous with the book piracy as other copyrighted materials of the segment uh, such as the newspapers magazines and the other periodicals are not pirated much as of today among the books the textbooks school textbooks and the popular novels are pirated most as they have a large demand base besides ebook piracy uh, i would say that the publishing industry is suffering there's a huge amount of the editorial content which is being distributed and shared online for free which not only includes the ebooks but it includes the other audiobooks magazines newspapers comics and novels and much more so the way in which we consume this content has changed over the years because the popularity of all these above magazines newspapers and the audiobooks has faded 
as the digital evolution continues to strengthen its grip over the ever increasing audience editorial piracy exists for a variety of reasons which we'll discuss further also uh, as of now we can say that some consumers are driven to this free content due to its high cost others find it easier to obtain the content illegally and some do it out of habit but as a result we are hearing that the piracy of the editorial content is discouraging the publishers from writing or creating the content which is detrimental to the industry today even though the profit margins are often lower in this industry when we compare it against the film industry or the music industry but more and more publishers are contracting the anti piracy companies today who provide services to eliminate the infringements how they can be reduced which appear across the search engines and the social networks and the websites today the greatest value and the most vulnerable part in the face of the piracy for each published edition is the content the content isn't seen as being any different whether it's official or the offered illegally online piracy as a major factor contributing to the decline of the author's income each year the publishing industry is losing hundreds of millions of dollars in lost sales to piracy and with each lost sale authors lose the royalty income so there is a pressing need for survival of the authorship as a profession and for the flourishing of a diverse and a vibrant literary culture in the background uh ma'am uh, why is piracy so common uh, in the digital publishing world piracy is very common uh, due to owing due to numerous factors which are very diverse to enlist a few uh, we can discuss here that how piracy is associated with the affordability accessibility freedom and the experimentation so the pricing effect pricing is the dominant factor here uh, which can also be uh, named as the affordability factor what happens is that many people live on a very limited budget and they are unable to afford the books so when given the option to download and read the books for free they pirate them second most common factor is the accessibility many books are either unavailable in some parts of the world or they are extremely expensive to ship so sometimes there are no bookstores in the city also or a particular book is not available in the bookstore in such cases it is very easy for the readers to just download these books off the internet now they do not know whether these are the pirated content or not because that is not their uh, domain that is not their uh, area of specification that we should download these books or not whether they are pirated the content is available due to accessibility they can download them a uh, third most important factor to look here is freedom uh, freedom says that ebook pirates experience more freedom than the regular ebook buyers so the pirated books can be shared easily as they are not drm protected any official buyer has to have certain devices or apps to access the ebooks and they cannot easily lend their books to their friends whereas the pirated book can be easily read on any device and it can be shared and given to anyone fourth most important factor here is experimentation so piracy gives the reader a chance to try a book at absolutely no cost so when buying a book readers have to be very picky about the books they buy as they have to pay for the books even if it turn if it, even if it turns out to be a worthless read so here the experimentation gives them an edge over their intellectual satisfaction also uh ma'am uh, what are the different laws under different statutes when it comes to piracy so the different laws uh, of india when it comes to piracy are the copyright act it is the main act which talks about the copyright infringement then the 
uh, another act which comes into practice is the trademark act because it is applied with the copyright act and the cinematograph act third most important law as i said is the cinematograph act 1952 which is applies on the streaming sites uh, then next is the information technology act which deals with the various infringements along with the indian penal code of 1860 Uh, ma'am uh, can you tell us what are the intellectual property implications involved in piracy the most predominant form of the intellectual property implication involved in the piracy is the copyright infringement so terming it as copyright piracy which is a phenomenon prevalent worldwide means the unauthorized reproduction importing or distribution either of the whole or of a substantial part of the works which are protected by the copyright author of a copyrighted work being the owner he enjoys certain exclusive rights with respect to his or her works so these rights include the right to the reproduce it can be the right to the published or to adopt to translate or to perform in the public the owner can also sell assign license the copyright to another party if he wishes to do so so if any person other than the copyright owner or his authorized party undertakes any of the above mentioned activities i just stated with respect to a protected copyright product it amounts to the infringement of the copyright so copyright piracy is just like any other theft which leads to the losses of the owners of the property besides economic loss piracy also adverses adversely affects the creative potential of a society as i just said that it denies the creative people such as authors and artists their legitimate dues in the form of the royalty and the other form of the income so there are different ways to which the piracy takes place uh, to name a few a copyright piracy uh, takes place like a co- as a soft computer software is pirated by simply copying it into another machine which is not authorized for its use similarly book piracy can take place when a book is reproduced by someone other than the real publisher and sold in the market a performer's right is also violated when a live performance of an artist is recorded or telecasted live without his or her permission in the cinematographic work piracy generally takes place through unauthorized reproduction of the film in the video forms or displaying the video through cable networks or without taking proper authorization from the film producer or the who's the right holder in that case Uh, ma'am uh, one of the most notorious controversies at the moment is the case filed against shadow libraries ma'am do you think such libraries like sihub libgen z library fall under piracy yes uh, we can say that these libraries such as the sihub libgen and z library falls under the piracy but before that let's understand that uh, copyright infringement the term of the copyright infringement rather than piracy we should use here now because the piracy has not been defined anywhere in the copyright act now i think that the sihub and such other platforms who store and distribute the academic content without the authorization uh, they can be termed as piracy but considering the indian law they cannot be simply considered the copyright infringement also why because these platforms are providing this content for the personal use and not for the commercial use and that too for the research purposes now the indian law specifically exempts such activity from being considered as the copyright infringement under section 52 of the copyright act moreover when we consider the issues of the accessibility affordability and the national development it seems to be a right legal proposition 
However, I would like to also add here that protecting intellectual property is essential to promote the research and the innovation in the industry. We must not stop taking a legal position. We must find a solution to this issue. The government is acting and it's also ensuring that universities provide easy and free access to the academic journals for its students. We also need to increase the expenditure on the R&D given the fact that the India spends only a meager amount that is 0.7% of its GDP on the R&D as per the latest government data. So this can be a win-win situation in the India's case that addresses the needs of the publishers as well as the students. While universal access to knowledge is a notable noble principle, we should also not ignore the importance of the intellectual property rights, especially when we aim to promote the indigenous research and the innovation. So various case laws are also there to uh, study this particular aspect. Uh, in India, there was a case in 2016 in Delhi, which was the Chancellor, Masters of the uh, and Scholars of the University of the Oxford and others versus the Rameshwari photocopy services and another. Now, this case is very similar to the cases of the copyright infringement which the world is claiming against the shadow libraries. So, this was a landmark judgment that found that the photocopying portions of the copyright books en masse were perfectly legal when it was done for the educational purposes. Here the case uh, was of the University of Oxford was that the inclusion of specific pages of its publications by Rameshwari Photocopy Services which was uh, situated outside the premises of the Delhi School of Economics amounts to institutional sanction for infringement of its copyright. Further, it was also alleged by the plaintiffs here that the professors of the School of Economics through its library they issued the books published by the plaintiffs to the Rameshwari photocopy services for preparing some kind of course packs. So it was the case of the plaintiffs that the course packs which contain no additional material apart from the photocopy of its copyrighted publications were being used like the textbooks and therefore the compilations prepared were competing with the publications of the plaintiffs. Okay, so this lawsuit generated a ton of support from the students, professors and activists alike for the uh, Rameshwari services with numerous petitions being filed for joining the defense of the case. The legal issues involved in this particular case were three. Number one, it was whether the right of reproduction of any work by a teacher or a pupil in the course of instruction is absolute and not considered with the condition of it being fair use. Second, whether what is the span of the phrase by the teacher or the pupil in the course of instruction? And thirdly, what constitutes the publication and the reproduction? In 2012, after the lawsuit was first filed, the plaintiff publishers, that was the University of the Oxford, they were have, able to get an interim injunction against this against the Delhi School of Economics and the Rameshwari photocopiers. So the Delhi High Court opined that the Rameshwari services had no right to compile and sell the course packs. The university then filed an appeal which got dismissed by the two-judge bench of the same court. In 2016, uh, Justice Rajiv Sai and law dismissed the lawsuit of the plaintiffs and it lifted the 2012 interim injunction primarily on the grounds of Section 52.1 Subclause 1 of the Copyright Act of 1957 which stated that the reproduction of any work by a teacher or a pupil in the course of instruction did not institute the copyright infringement. So this was a landmark case which made the fair use defenses under the educational and the scientific purposes likewise taken by the shadow libraries valid in the Indian context.
Uh, ma'am, uh, what are your views on the fair use defense under educational and scientific purposes taken by these shadow libraries? Uh, my views, particularly on the fair dealings under clause section fifty-two of the Copyright Act, uh, which provides for which provides that certain acts shall not be considered as copyright infringement, is uh, very general. So my view is that the exemptions do have a place in the law. They have been provided based on the due consideration of the society and the industry in general. But these exemptions fulfill different purposes. On one hand, we exempt the routine acts like judicial proceedings, backup copies. But on the other hand, we exempt certain needs like the research and the educational instructions also. So, coming to the latter use, these exemptions strike a very delicate balance between the intellectual property rights, and they also strike a balance between the access to the knowledge between the private interest and the public interest. Like I said in the very beginning uh, of the uh, session today, that we also got uh, cases where the business group said that why can't our products and why can't our uh, intellectual property can be patentable? So. there came the background view of the supreme court and the whole view of the india with respect to the non patentability of the therapeutic medicines so this balance is very essential i think as part of the jurisprudence especially in developing country like india being a developing country we also need to ensure that the access to the knowledge is not limited to a few who can afford it the law should protect against the unauthorized use for commercial purposes but it also must carve out a space for the personal use for the educational purposes wider access to knowledge is not a moral imperative but it also necessary to increase the number of researchers and innovators in india however the need law needs to be updated in the present context the exemptions need specific provisions for the digital space today some amendments are definitely needed to provide clarity on the issues of the shadow library like the sai hub and the other uh, similar digital entities who are working to store the content and selling it for such educational purposes also ma'am uh, what are some of the issues faced by authors while enforcing their ip rights in the instances of infringement of their rights caused due to online piracy the most common issue uh, i think which authors are facing today while enforcing their ip rights uh, since the they are working in the totally digital environment is the sheer complexity of the mixed media and the interconnected rights in the digital environment so it is very difficult to determine today for anyone that what rights exist and how do they apply to a publication who is which is under use it is not at all an easy task so therefore the process of determining the copyrights tracking them ultimately facilitating the monetary compensation to the right holders for use of their works remains very complicated in the digital era then there is the issue of what is free and what is protected because the information in the digital space is very vast and it is also available on the multimedia platforms today so this is not always clear to the internet providers and the users sometimes even to the law practitioners and the uh, judiciary also as a result the fear for the loss of the income due to the unauthorized use is more in an electronic environment compared to the traditional publishing besides economic rights the moral rights of the authors are also at the grave risk today which are being violated by the numerous users in a network 
and this issue is very complicated in the case of the multimedia work as i said historically copyright law has been spilt between the different medias for example text comes under the literary works copyright still images are artistic work copyright and moving images fall within the jurisdiction of the cinematography works copyright so in multimedia just imagine that all these are put together as a single product so existing of in existing of the number of copyrights with different owners and perhaps with different terms of the protection makes a multimedia product an ideal battleground in the cause of the copyright protection and these are the issues which the authors are facing while enforcing their ip rights today uh ma'am uh, what are some of the measures that authors and digital publishers can take to prevent piracy of their work yes very important to discuss that what measures authors and digital publishers can take to prevent the piracy of their work in today's vast sea of the internet information and the editorial content so i would like to point out a few measures here which are very important uh authors grants firstly so the first step in the building in 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 the publishing process today is to properly obtain the rights from the authors which can be in the form of the exclusive licenses or they can be in the form of the assignees of these copyrights also to the publishers second most important measure is the copyright procedures which include that which include the second procedure wherein now the publishers have to protect the copyrights they control by using the proper copyright notices on the published works and at least for the significant works copyright registration in the name of owner these copyright notices remind the viewers that the work is copyrighted and it deny the infringers to take the argument that they infringed the same innocently thirdly copyright licenses a publisher or an author has to be very cautious in granting the licenses to the third persons so not only the publisher be sure that it owns or controls the rights its licenses but it also must take care to draft clearly and grant narrowly so that never grants to a licensee more rights than what is intended fourthly protecting against the infringement these protection measures include the implementing proper procedures and training personnel to promote proper use and non infringement of the others right including the due diligence which includes inquiries of the authors and independent investigation of these competing works and the background sources other than this in the uh, copyright uh, procedures against the infringement cop- comprehensive and the protective warranties and represent- representations from the authors that confirm that there are no issues should be taken fifthly internet and ele- electronic users one has to very clearly understand that the issues which are created by the new electronic means of reproduction and the distribution so there are two famous cases here i would like to tell the audience new york times versus tasini and the random house versus the rosetta books now the first important case which gives a global worldwide view on such kind of infringements on the uh, in the electronic and the internet users it said that the electronic databases are not authorized by the copyright act and therefore it constitutes the copyright infringement second case which was the random house versus the rosetta books again a landmark decision it held that the right to publish a work in the book form does not convey the right 
to publish an electronic book so these two cases are very important and since these are the landmark cases and they are uh, even true and they hold true in the case of the india also which can be taken by in defense by the publishers and the authors uh, in the electronic and the internet uses of their work uh, lastly publishing contracts so contracts with the authors must be very clear they may be very they must be very comprehensive and very reasonable also which means that it must be proper it, it may properly delineate the rights which are meant to be taken it may assure the publisher's rights to approve the final manuscript edit the work select titles and everything so publishing contract should contain each and everything which the authors are uh, giving to the publishers and what rights publishers are taking from the authors so in general publishers should avoid granting exclusive unless that license is terminable at will or on short notice or it incorporates the minimum sales and the revenue requirements additionally your publishers should also consider the interplay between the discounts it gives to distributors and the royalties it pays to the authors so these are some of the measures the uh, authors and the digital publishers can take to prevent the piracy of their work Uh, ma'am uh, do you think technologies like blockchain and nft can play a role in combating piracy especially when it comes to digital publishing it's really great that uh, you want to talk about these latest technologies so one needs to clearly understand these technologies and their many applications uh, being a lawyer i'll not be able to guide you through these technologies but i can tell you the very basic of the same so as we all know that blockchain is a digitally distributed in a decentralized public ledger in simple language we can say that a blockchain is a digital record which is owned and updated by users only from the public so it does not directly fight the piracy on its own but it can help in that effort by being an advantage by being an advanced record keeping technology for example uh, let's see a company Uh, a streaming service company like Netflix, which is developing technology to track the latest, last device where the file was played. So this company uh, is exactly keeping the public ledger, and it is uh, digitally distributing the service to the users itself, who are then putting the record as to where the file was played, when the file was played. So these companies are basically the streaming service companies and they are providing the technologies to the bigger companies like the Netflix, the Amazon and the other streaming companies. So we can say that this technology can be used to track the persons who indulge in the piracy. Blockchain technology can be used to record and store this information very efficiently and securely. So that is one way how blockchain will ta- help tackle the piracy. Another way to use blockchain for developing the digital watermarks so what is the what are these watermarks these watermarks cannot be erased and they can be even detected in even in the copies of the original files so this way one can detect the original file from which the copyright was made and thus they can track the culprit blockchain can be used to not only develop such embedded watermarks However, they can also be used to reward such persons who can identify such watermarks in the files. So this is called as a bounty hunting, and it rewards the persons for detecting the watermarks in the pirated copies. A South African company uh, named as Custos Tech has implemented this technology. Now, next after blockchain, we can also talk about the NFTs, which are the non-fungible tokens. Uh, basically, the NFTs are the digital tokens. 
that represent a digital asset and they are non-interchangeable. So NFTs they serve as a record of ownership of the digital asset, like any records such as the land records, for example. Hence, they are also sold and bought in the market. NFTs can also potentially play a significant role in combating piracy. Firstly, NFT is a proof of ownership and can be used by somebody to get paid for their work. Secondly, even though it seems unlikely at present, if NFTs someday become legally enforceable, it can stop people from creating the copies of digital content they do not own. But I would like to also say here that at present having an NFT does not lead to a copyright. It also does not stop people from viewing or copying the content for free. Hence at present it doesn't do so much it doesn't do much to stop the piracy nevertheless if nfts are someday accorded the legal status of the copyright as the digital uh, in the digital area content this will change very drastically however i would also like to bring out certain limitations of these technologies uh, so nfts are themselves leading to a lot of piracy today people are creating nfts of content they did not originally create so you can find your content being converted into an nft by someone else and you can do nothing about it however people are making unauthorized copies of other nfts and selling them on the websites so we can say that these technologies will aid in tackling the piracy but nft technology is still in a nascent stage and going forward such issues needs to be resolved Ma'am, uh, what are some of the measures and initiatives that are taken by the government to raise awareness against online piracy and how impactful have they been? Our government has taken numerous measures since the Indian constitution uh, had the Copyright Act uh, enacted in 1957. So to handle the copyright and the copyright infringement related disputes, we had this law, Law of Copyright in India. under which section uh, under which un- under the section 13 of the act the copyright protection is conferred on the literary works dramatic works musical works artistic works uh, sound recordings cinematographic films etc so the copyright act handles the protection of the copyright uh, material via the classification of the rights of under the copyright into two rights which are the economic rights and the moral rights as we all know the economic rights are the rights which are given exclusively to the authors and to the content creators which they can exercise when it comes to the reproduction and the distribution of their work and to have a share in the profit of any sales of their product by a licensed third party the concept of the moral rights is also there in our copyright act which is under section 57 which also splits these moral rights into two rights number one the right of the paternity and the right of the integrity the right of the paternity enables the original content creator of the ipr to be able to claim ownership of it and prevent any users from claiming the ownership however the letter that is the right of integrity enables the creator to restrict any and distortion mutilation or other alterations of his work or any other action in, in relation to the said work which may damage his reputation so these are the uh, uh, this this is the right uh, copyright which is uh, act under which the uh, uh, indian constitution which has been enacted role of the government and the other agencies uh, is also there which we should talk about in this particular topic so 
there are different kind of the policies which have been enacted and the framed by the government uh, with respect to some questions that what makes the digital piracy so prone to risk and difficult to curb uh so i feel that the inability of the copyright owners to identify that the infringe identify the infringers due to the omnipresent nature of the digital media and the resultant number of pirates so the government of india and the various departments there under they have been very mindful of this technological threat recently and various initiatives have been there at the structural and the policy levels to combat the same which have also resulted in strengthening the administration uh, management and the enforcement of the ipr to discuss a few there is a national policy which is called as the national intellectual property rights policy of 2016 which the government of india adopted with a view to promoting the creativity as well as innovation as well as recognizing the value of the ip in the economic development so there are different objectives of the policy uh, to name enumerate a few that objective number one of the policy aims at creating awareness of the economical social and the cultural benefits of the ips the steps which they take under this objective is introduction of the ipr studies in the school curriculum most specifically ipr studies would at least clarify the distinction between the legal and the illegal channels of distribution to a large section of society which may be unknowingly promoting the piracy so like this there are different objectives of the policy which uh, are under the role of the government are doing different steps in creating awareness and provisioning and the management of the ip rights and the we can say the enforcement also uh, there is one cell for the ipr promotion and the management cpm so the national ipr policy has only led to the establishment of the cell which promotes and manages and uh, it, it is under the management of the dipp ministry of commerce and industry government of india it is a national focal point for the uh, innovation support center programs and they have taken profound initiatives for pro- promoting the awareness and strengthening and the enforcement of the ip rights so they have uh, promoting these rights through the film and television producers guild and the other guild members also cpm has also been in very active collaboration with the maharashtra cyber digital crime unit that is the mcdcu and it has also resulted in suspension of over many infringing websites and which have been doing the piracy from long cpm has also been uh, doing activities around the children and the educational institutions to foster the awareness about the ip rights and to explain them about the iprs in a very simple manner a series of anti piracy videos uh, are there in, in in for the children which are also played on the cartoon websites the cartoon channels and uh, nickelodeon such as the ip nani which talks about the nani means the maternal grandmother in hindi and which has also been created to raise awareness about the importance of the iprs amongst children and also in a very interesting manner uh, maharashtra cyber digital crime unit cell in active collaboration with the cyber police and the industry players uh, of the motion picture in the, uh, associations of the india and the other international players also so they have also been doing very good fight against the piracy and skillful execution of threats against the piracy today and it has also been resulting into many kind of the policy measures and the industry uh, standards into the market 
other initiatives and by the central and the state governments include the anti piracy measures of the draft e-commerce policy which have been just framed in 2019 it takes into account the interest of all the stakeholders the investors manufacturers msmes all these people so the following anti piracy measures have been introduced uh, such as the intermediaries have been called upon to put in place the measures for preventing the online dissemination of the pirated content they have been identification of the trusted entities whose complaints will be resolved as as soon as possible so upon being notified the copyright owner that a website or an e-commerce platform is making available such pirated content it will be expeditiously removal removed and disabled access to the uh, and uh, the dis- uh, the content will be disabled so these kind of efforts have been taken over by the government uh, similarly the department of the education ministry of the human resource development has also initiated the constitution of a copyright enforcement advisory council special cells for the copyright enforcement have been set up in many states 23 states and union territories have been set up uh, there have been many states who are copyright uh, who have been actively enforcing the copyright protection to the authors and the digital content owners so these are the measures the government have taken along with the industry along with the uh, market entrepreneurs and along with the guilds who are working in the section in the setup of the cop- protected copyrighted copyright content here um ma'am uh, what is the role played by the indian judiciary in terms of combating online piracy i would say that indian courts have played an instrumental role in developing an effective ip jurisprudence in india today the right to communicate the work to the public is undoubtedly one of the most crucial rights that any ip owner has and the same has been recognized under the copyright act as well indian copyright law provides relief to the owners in the form of the civil remedies in the form of the criminal penalties against the infringement so from restricting the unauthorized broadcasting to passing the injunction orders and blocking the websites indian courts have taken stringent measures to curb the online piracy to go into detail of the same we, i would again like to stress here that due to the anonymous nature of the online piracy it was very difficult for the ip owners to identify the infringers and then take an action against the online pirates so in order to address the issue the relief was founded by the indian courts in the form of the john do orders also called as the ashok kumar orders in india whereby the courts could grant an injunction against the anonymous person to protect the rights of the ip owners so to elaborate these john do own orders were basically an injunction which was sought against a person whose identity is not known at the time of the issuance of the orders these enables the right holders to serve notices and take action against anyone who is founding to be infringing their ip rights it is it also allowed the plaintiffs and the applicants to search the premises and sees evidence of the infringement of its rights by unknown defendants uh, to obtain a john do order the uh, requirements are very basic just like an injunction has to be obtained in a court of law the plaintiff needs to establish three things that is a prima facie case second likelihood of the irreparable damage if the order is refused and thirdly balance of convenience in favor of the plaintiff In India the jurisprudence of the these orders originated from the Taj Television Limited versus the Rajan Mandal wherein the Delhi High Court issued a John Doe order against the cable operators 
restraining the unauthorized broadcasting of the world cup football tournament subsequent to this order seeking the injunction became a practice before the launch of any major film or the sporting event uh again the supreme court and the other high courts also in various other orders uh again uh, like a recent landmark case which shaped the jurisprudence pertaining to combating online piracy was the utv software communication limited and others wherein a significant development in the form of dynamic injunction was brought by the delhi high court under which the right holders do not need to go through the time consuming process of a judicial order in order to issue blocking orders by the isps so by virtue of this judgment the plaintiffs have been allowed to approach the joint registrar of the delhi high court to extend an interim injunction order already against a website to another similar mirror alphanumeric websites which contain the same content as that of the already blocked and the injected website Uh, ma'am uh, can you throw some light on the concept of dynamic injunction and its role and efficacy in tackling online piracy yes so in most digital piracy cases a judicial authority grants an injunction with regard to certain specific domain names that are guilty of hosting the infringing content however as i said earlier mirror websites quickly and easily appear under such domain names and thus they remain unaffected by the original injunction order as such regular injunctions were proved to be very inefficient here so a dynamic injunction or the concept of dynamic injunction allows a right holder to approach the courts to extend the main injunction order against all the mirror websites providing the access to the same infringing online locations that were the subject of the main injunctions so these dynamic injunctions then can be issued when the same websites become available immediately after issuing the injunction with a different ip address or the url there were number of cases of the delhi high court and uh, the bombay high court which dealt with the uh, matter here uh, in a matter of uh, 2017 in by the utv uh, in a plea by the utv software communication uh, seeking to restrain the defendant website from sharing its original content without authorization and to direct the isps to block access to these websites so then citing the singapore decision in the disney case the delhi high court granted the dynamic injunction to the applicant uh, and the applicant was allowed to approach the joint registrar of the court to extend the already granted injunction order to the similar websites containing the same content as the original websites however in a particular matter of the bombay high court which took a divergent view in a matter involving the eros international media limited the court said that for blocking order to be passed against an entire website the applicant must show that the entire website contains only illicit and infringing material with no legitimate content whatsoever so this kind of jurisprudence is developing in the indian courts with respect to the injunctions and the dynamic injunctions order and whether the dynamic injunction should be granted prima facie or not Uh, ma'am how do you think the laws in india could be reformed to become more effective and improved in combating online piracy laws in india are already uh, developing its jurisprudence the, through the courts and through the executive uh, intervention however there should be there there is a support for the stronger laws and the enforcement through the industry lobby which must lobby for the stronger laws and the reforms to fight the piracy 
so for years we have pushed for the reforms to the copyright act to require the internet platforms and services to find take down and keep down the pirated content also the law must expand the role of the central agencies the state agencies and the local agencies in fighting the criminal copyright in, in, uh, infringement and the appropriation of the financial resources specifically for investigating and prosecuting the criminal book piracy networks subsequently i think publishers and the authors must also take part in the civil litigation against the high profile pirate networks that sells the ebooks through the websites designed to look like the legitimate ebook stores resulting in the site's closure and the seizure of its assets moreover it is also important that the escalating complaints to the internet platforms and services about the piracy groups and websites to the legal departments of search engines social media sites and other online platforms when they fail to remove or disable access to infringing materials and or close down pirate and the repeat infringe infringer accounts another uh, milestone we can achieve is with respect to the author education and the industry outreach so for hosting the webinars and publishing blog posts and developments in piracy and what authors can do to protect themselves is very important like this particular session member assistance assisting author guild members and and to send down and take down complaints it is needless to say here that elsewhere in the world including india electronic publishing in spite of its versatilities remains a soft target of the pirates for reasons well known by now solution to this problem lies in strengthening the copyright laws by plugging the loopholes exposed by the new technologies and adoption of an appropriate electronic copyright management system which is also practicable the technological handicaps in india have remained as a depressing factor in the uh, area of the copyright piracy in the electronic environment i must say uh, ma'am as we have come to the end of this uh, episode today um, i would like to ask you what are the mottos of life that you want to disseminate to the students and the listeners for life to the listeners of the session and particularly to the students here uh, i believe that you all must and we all must be in the continuous pursuit of the knowledge i believe sooner or later we all have to determine our definite goals and we will be enthusiastic to work toward it till it is achieved so uh, fruitful pursuits and humility will take everyone a very long way and to understand our current definite goals we should also think with respect to our future goals and the future ambitions we want to pursue and today a law must be developing but tomorrow that might be your market practice into this industry so we must all be in the continuous pursuit of knowledge and Yeah. I believe uh, that yes uh, we should always be in pursuit of continuous knowledge because knowledge is infinite and the deeper we dig the more we come to know about it and i think we all listeners should take note of this mottos and life lessons from ma'am thank you neha ma'am it was an interesting session and i would like to thank all the listeners for tuning into today's episode and ma'am i hope even you enjoyed today's episode too definitely it was a very uh it was very uh, a commendable opportunity for me here today to uh, throw some light upon the digital publishing and the piracy in relation to the iprs since it's a very uh, 
new and it is a very it, it even the law in it it's like developing in a in a very uh, new manner and a unique manner so it was really a good opportunity for me and uh, thank you very much ishita ma'am it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast and discuss digital publishing publishing and piracy in relation to intellectual property rights for questions suggestions and recommendations please feel free to contact us on our instagram or linkedin accounts thank you everyone for listening to this episode of our podcast hope to host more talk shows every sunday this way we all will learn together the aspects and prospects of ipr and competition law this is in conversation with ipr and competition law see you soon in the next episode